I thought about, man, do I really want to keep doing a podcast? And I don't have anything positive to say, but. Yeah, I'm really him. Talking my shit like, hey. What's up, guys? This is Justin Q. Welcome to my show, Net Worth. Last week, we had 33 new subscribers. Welcome to the Net Worth family. Now, I told you guys my goal is to get to 500 subscribers, so I need you guys to hit that share button. Text it to a family member, a friend, someone who you think might find this content interesting. I really appreciate it. Send it to all my Giants fans out there, anyone that's interested in business of sports, I really would appreciate it. Like I said, our goal is 500. We are trying to get there as soon as possible. And thanks for all the interaction this week. Twitter was on fire. All my Giants fans have been great interacting with the show. I've got some new bagel spots I have to hit up now. I know everyone's been talking about it. Um, So definitely, definitely looking forward to that. We'll get more, more into that as we go on in the show. But first things first, we have to do our t-shirt giveaway winner announcement. The straight off the couch t-shirts that I'm going to get out, send out to everybody. Thank you for commenting. Thank you for sharing. Without further ado, drum roll, please. Our winners are, from YouTube, we have Dan DeFusco1868. Congratulations, Dan. On Twitter, we have, or X, whatever we're calling it nowadays, we have GoGiants underscore 56. Thank you for sharing the show. On Instagram, we have Dub himself. And on TikTok, we have Jeff Cope, C-O-P-E, Cope. Send us a DM with your mailing address, the shirt size you want, and we will get that shirt sent out to you. We really appreciate you guys doing it. Take a picture with the shirt, share it, post it. Uh, we, we love that you guys are supporting the show, and we're, we're glad to get you guys a shirt. We're going to continue to do these giveaways, but the only way to win and redeem is to come back to the show every week. Like, subscribe pass it along, grow the show. We really appreciate you guys. Look forward to doing more of this type of stuff. All right, let's get into it. The what's happening of the week. There's been a lot going on out there. I picked out a few. This one really resonated with me because today we're going to talk about taxes and sports. One of the first business of sports moments I had is when I first signed with the Giants and I got my first signing bonus. Half of it was gone. I thought I got robbed. I called my financial advisor. I called my CPA. And that was my first introduction to Uncle Sam. Now, I worked as a box boy growing up in a local deli. I got fired. It's a story for another day. I kind of quit. We'll talk about that later on. You know, you don't really notice taxes when you're that age. But when it's a big amount and my signing bonus, my rookie year, you see half of it gone you start thinking about taxes a whole lot more. And, and from that point, taxes have become a big point of contention every time you get your paycheck. It's funny to see the rookies get their first check. They look at they look at it and they see 401k, dues, all the Medicare, the states that we play in. It's, it's, it's very interesting and funny to see. But I don't know if you guys saw, but Tariq Hill talked about his decision in free agency and how it was based partly on taxes. Miami called, they offered... Then the Jets called and then they offered. I'm like, okay, I can go to the Jets. Then I can be with Adam Sandler because I'm a huge Adam Sandler fan. I want to go into acting when I'm done. So I'm like <laughs> thinking about that too. I'm like, man. So Miami offered like 70 the first day. The Jets offered like 68. So I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, you said, just think about it. Then the Jets came back and offered like 76 guaranteed. I, I, I'm just 
I'm just randomly speaking. I think it was more guaranteed than what the Dolphin. the Dolphins offered. But then, you know, the more I began to talk, my mom was like, "Hey, you need to think about not only Adam Sandler, but you need to think about them state taxes too." That's when my mama began. She began. She she became a mom. Then she like, "Hey, you think about the state taxes too, though." <laughs> right. I, I think she just really didn't want to go to New York. But, but no, that's real though. Those state. That's that I think it's the highest. What New York, Jersey? It's, it's like it's like nine, ain't it? Yeah, it's nine, crazy. Yeah, nine it's up there. It's like it's, yeah, it's up there. It's, it's up there. Mama, so my, right? Now, obviously, and maybe not obviously, if you don't know, states like Florida have a zero percent state income tax. Now they make it up in other ways, property tax and things of that nature. So it's not all apples to apples or apples to oranges, Florida does get their tax money somehow, some way. Same with Texas. But when it comes to the state income tax, it is a 0% state income tax state. And Tyreek looked at it and said, if I go to the Jets, I make 76 million, but I'm going to pay a little bit more in state income tax. It's over 10%. And then if you're in Miami and Florida at 70%, you actually net out making more money just on your basic W-2 income in Florida. So he chose Florida based on that. Obviously you have quality of life things as well, but people really enjoy Florida. A lot of New Yorkers, you can admit, go down to Florida in the winters, but it's super interesting to see how guys view taxes and how it impacts their free agent decision. Do guys actually think about it? I think second contract thinks about it. I actually moved down to Florida my free agency year to get residency in Florida because a lot of you might not know this, your signing bonus gets taxed in your state of residence, not where you're playing specifically. Most guys' residences are where they play, but you actually get taxed in your state of residence, which brings me to another guy that is making waves, Eric Armstead from the 49ers. Now, we all know California taxes are insane. There's a reason they have a lot of people moving out of California to places like Arizona, Texas, Florida. The taxes hurt. Darren Ravel put out uh, a picture of Eric's check. And obviously, I saw Eric's check. I would love to have Eric on and, and talk through that. On a game check, he's making $393,000. Absurd amount of money. He's one of the best defensive tackles. 49.3 come out in taxes. Now, obviously, there's a whole bunch of other things that are in there. But it's astonishing to see guys are making less than half of what their, <laughs> their game check is. Now, I get the numbers are large. But it's super interesting to see the tax ramifications playing from a place like California and compared to a place like Miami. Now, another caveat that we don't always talk about is the jock tax, where if Eric Armstead plays in Texas for that week, his salary is taxed in Texas for that week. And that's something that gets pretty intricate with the CPA. So all my young NFLers out there, I really implore you, make your CPA might be your first hire. It's probably the most important hire you're going to make making sure you know you're up to date on the tax codes. They're changing yearly. It's super interesting to see these NFL players talking about it. I think it's great for the game. And it really is a huge component of the business of sports. Next up, I saw this clip the other day, and I thought this was the most outrageous thing that I've seen in the locker room in a while. Cam Newton posts, he's, he's driving in a car, smoking a cigar, talking about Jimmy Clausen requesting a million dollars for Cam Newton to get the number two jersey. Man, how do you solidify the number, though, number one? I don't even want number one. Man, Jimmy Clausen, we cool now, Jimbo. He's like, shit, if you want it, you got to pay for it. I was like, cool, how much? He said a million. One million dollars. I said, boy, kiss my ass, boy. 
I said a million dollars, bro. I said, bro, people don't make a million dollars in a lifetime, let alone I'm gonna give you a million dollars just for a fucking number, bro. So I thought he was playing. The motherfucker comes back and said, okay, bro, I'll talk to my people. We'll do it for a 750,000. I said, oh. Oh, you for real? I hung that phone up. True story. Hung that phone up. I called the equipment man. I said, I'm rocking with number one. My mind was blown when I heard this. I've seen guys do 10, 15 grand. Maybe 30 grand is the highest I've seen a guy pay for his number. We have to ask uh, Spencer Paysinger. I think he sold his jersey two or three times while in the NFL. But for a guy to request a million dollars for a jersey switch, that is the most egregious request I have ever heard in the NFL. No way in hell. Cam Newton obviously turned it down. And it kind of made him gun for Jimmy Clausen. He said, you know, I, I wanted to make sure no one ever heard of Jimmy Clausen in Carolina again. So I really think guys got to be careful. It's a jersey number. I know a lot of guys get, get tied to it. I actually ended up getting my jersey number from Brandon Mosley after my rookie year with the Giants. And I think I ended up giving him some money to rebuy jerseys for his family. I think it came out to like $2,000. It wasn't millions of dollars. Jimmy Clausen, you're crazy for that. He was trying to catch Cam Newton sleeping. Obviously, it didn't happen. And honestly, it kind of made an enemy of each other. I think they're cool now is what he mentioned. But asking for a million dollars, Jimmy Clausen, what are we doing? Next up, <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw this clip or not. On this, on the, I think it was, yeah, Sunday, the Eagles were playing the Cowboys, heated rivalry, and a play goes out of bounds. And we see one of the Philadelphia staff members fall down to the ground. He gets up, and it seems that our guy's wearing a red G string. Did you guys see that? What do we make of that? I, after further review and, and reading more about it, it looks like it's this brand PSD, the underwear brand. It was just the way the angle, but poor guy has to be getting just ripped apart in his group chat. The players are running with it. Hopefully the guy's being a good sport about it. He's probably like an athletic trainer or a strength and conditioning staff guy. Um, but to get put on blast on public TV, it's your one chance on, you know, one of the highly highly viewed games of the week and you fall down and look like you're wearing a thong. I can't think of a worse way to make national news, but uh, hopefully he's going to get a PSD underwear brand. Hopefully he, he can, he can make that happen. But what do you guys think? Was it, it did it look like underwear or, or am I misreading this? And this guy was wearing a, a red thong out there on the field. Uh, pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty funny scenario there. Now we're going to talk about Chiefs and Dolphins in the game in Germany. How do we feel about those games? 6 6:30 wake up when you're on the on the Pacific time zone time frame. I kind of enjoy it getting up and having football on all day long. I think it's unbelievable to grow the game in the international fan base. I've played in London once in my career. It is a business, the NFL. If we can tap into what Europe is doing and be able to have some type of fan base, I think Germany is a little bit further. It's a little bit tougher to make that one work. I think the London games are the most logical step. I think Jacksonville is really making a push there. I know they played two games that in, in London this year with their owner, Shad Khan. I think he has some ties to England as well. I think it makes a lot of sense to have a team in London. A lot of sense. Now, logistically, I know it's tough. 
we have to figure out a way to make that work. But to be able to tap into that European market, people love our game. They love the violence of our game. At the root of it all, Europeans and Americans are very, very similar. We love a lot of the same things. I think once they understand the game and had it out there for you know eight games a year, play half the season, it really could help to impact the you know the money side of things. We could start selling more and growing the game that way. I think it could be a great influence. I know players don't love it as much, but players, bear with me. The more money that we can generate from TV and from ad sales and all those different types of things, the more money comes back into the salary cap. So I think guys would be fine with playing two or three games, maybe staying over in London for an extended period of time. It's the same time zone changes as going East Coast to West Coast. We do it already. Um, It would get a little tricky with the scheduling, but I think really for the bottom line dollars of the game, it would make a bunch of sense to try to make this change. What do you guys think? Are we in? Are we out for European games? Maybe potentially having a team in London. The crowd seems crazy. They go nuts for all the kicking. So I know my punters and kickers out there. Uh, I know they enjoy getting a little bit of the limelight when they're overseas. Can the NFL survive Europe? Let me know what you guys think in the comments. All right, let's get to some shout outs this week. We, we've definitely had a lot of comments and, and DMs. Thank you guys for following. Thank you for being thoughtful. A lot of different comments I want to touch on, and it doesn't go unnoticed. Obviously, we had Michael Phelps and JJ Watt showing love on Instagram this weekend. Huge salute to you guys. I appreciate it. I know you guys are out in Arizona. We'll have to get out on the golf course sometime soon, swing it. I, I really appreciate you guys liking the post. Shout out to your pop-up bagels. You guys are killing it. Next up, we have Bill Hartnett on Twitter. Bill sent us a tweet saying, working late, upgrading servers, and finally getting to watch this episode while the computers are buzzing. Excellent show. Surprised you waded into the pork roll, Taylor Ham Wars. I didn't know I was getting into some funky business now. I did see some comments going back and forth. So let's solve this once and for all. Is it pork roll or is it Taylor Ham? Now, I grew up in Philadelphia, in the suburbs of Philadelphia, right outside, you know, north northeast Philly. And it always was pork roll growing up. And then when I got to Jersey, it was Taylor Ham. I don't care what we call it. As long as I know what to order and I can get that Taylor ham, egg and cheese on a bagel, I am good. So I will call it whatever I have to. I'll go incognito to fit in and get it. But what do you guys think it should be? Let's discuss that below. Another shout out to elect Clay Davis. He tweeted at us saying, I'm officially firing my therapist and hiring Justin Pugh. I appreciate that, Clay. You know, I try to keep it real. I try to keep it honest. I try to give you guys the cold, hard facts and is what it is. I'm at a point in my career where I don't have to sugarcoat it. I don't have to glaze over the, the facts and what it is. And, you know, look, this episode isn't isn't going in the right direction right now because next up we're going to talk about the past few games, some injuries, where the season's going. So I'm going to continue to be your therapist, Clay. So I appreciate you supporting that. DC Webman left us a review on Apple Podcasts saying the behind the scenes information of the number one team sport in America football is fascinating. Justin Pugh does a fantastic job giving information that is rarely heard in the past. I appreciate that, DC Webman. It means a lot because one of the main reasons why I created this show, I wanted you guys to have an inside look, peel back the curtain on things like taxes or the different perspectives on Did you even know that guys buy and sell their jersey numbers in the locker room? It's traded like a Pokemon card. And 
those things is what I really love to, to show everybody because this is the number one sport in the US and there's a reason why so many people are interested in it. So I'm glad I can kind of peel back that curtain. Hopefully we'll be able to provide some more cool tidbits as we get going. Next up, I want to give a shout out to Hey Gummy who commented on YouTube saying that intro, we worked on that intro for a while. We didn't have it for the first couple episodes. My guys over at APN and one of the, the creative directors that we have came up with that. So came out unbelievable. It was just kind of a thought in our heads, but uh, really came out great. James F4001 also commented on YouTube saying, Honey Badger don't care, LOL. Let's go puny badger. I'm glad, like, look, there was an internal battle. We wanted to call it dog of the week. We wanted to call it shout out of the week to like say, you know, what we wanted to talk about. But puny badger, I kind of internalized. Honey badger don't care. I think we're going to roll with it. I think we're going to roll with it. And it's definitely um, something that means something to me. I know everyone talks about it. I know like you have Pat McAfee and Micah Parsons out there. Puny Badger, no one else is going to have it. So we're going to continue to roll with that. And I'm looking forward to talking about our Puny Badger of the Week coming up here shortly. We have a, a really good one this week. It's <laughs> We'll get there in a minute. And finally, shout out to Giants Nation. If you're following the show on Twitter, you probably saw the Giants community was popping off this week. And that was great to see. We posted a tweet asking which Giants account we should be following. And we had a ton of support, a ton of recommendations. Every one of you guys were supporting one another, tagging friends, other podcasts that talk about the big blue Giants. Not that I'm surprised. Obviously, I know the support and how much you guys mean to one another. But to seeing you guys lifting each other's up, especially during a season like we're having right now, is, is, is great to see. So obviously, I'm glad to be back and be back a part of the community. Looking forward to getting on some of those podcasts that you guys had tagged me in. We will get there. And just know, I see it all. I see the responses. I see, I see all the good. I see the bad. Uh, and, we, and we're going to roll with the punches. Without further ado, though, let's get back to my puny badger of the week. <gasps> now, obviously, I come from Arizona the last five years. And this offseason, the Cardinals made a crazy move at the end of training camp. Um, they released my good friend and great quarterback, Colt McCoy, and they traded for Josh Dobbs. He comes in, ends up starting basically straight off the couch. He was in training camp with the Browns, but he didn't know the Cardinals playbook. Went to the Cardinals, and he was he was playing some good football. He was going out there. He's competing. Obviously, the Cardinals record isn't where they want it to be, which is a whole other story. But Josh Dobbs then gets traded right before the trade deadline to the Minnesota Vikings. This man showed up in the beginning of the week doesn't know cadence, doesn't know the plays, goes out there on Sundays and beats the Atlanta Falcons. I think it was 31 to 28, put up a bunch of points. He's kind of part of the straight off the couch crew. I got to give him another shout out there too. It's like he came in, literally didn't know the playbook. I heard the head coach was giving him the buzz like, hey, we have a slant to your right and we're running a whirl to your left. And this is the protection. He's teaching the O-line, the cadence on the sideline. It doesn't get, I mean, he's like a NASA scientist. This guy does it all. So, you know, shout out to Josh Dobbs. Unbelievable story. He's crushing it on social media too. I think, you know, they had his jersey. There's a little jersey debacle in Arizona. And then, you know, the Vikings were on it, had his jersey in the, in the store as soon as they could. Shout out to you, Josh Dobbs, man. Super impressive. As an offensive lineman, to see you come in and do that was was super resilient. It was, it was really, really special. <gasps> All right, now let's get into the game. You know, I'm not going to get into a, this is what happened on these plays and, and, and give you the same old bullshit. We got our asses kicked. I mean, 
there's no way to turn it and, and put a spin on it. This is the, the nature of our business. We were supposed to go out there and win a game. We didn't. Devastating injury news with Daniel Jones. To see a leader of our team, the quarterback of the franchise, the face of the franchise go down with an injury like that is, is terrible. Obviously, I'm a year removed from the ACL, ACL myself. So to see Daniel go through that after coming back from a neck injury and, and trying to fight through and persevere to be there for our team, it's, it's definitely devastating. I heard for Daniel, but he, he'll bounce back. ACL isn't what it used to mean in your career. I've been able to respond great. I'm having no knee issues at the time right now. Um, so look forward to him getting back on the field and getting healthy. It's unfortunate. And then Tyrod was already out for four weeks and our guy Tommy DeVito came in and, and battled and, you know, it was too little, too late. We, we got some good drives going in the second half. But at the end of the day, we have a, a, tef, a tough outlook going forward the rest of the season. It's not going to be easy. No one's going to feel bad for us. But the sun came up today. The sun came up. We're resilient. We're going to keep fighting. We have to scratch, claw, go out there and try to win a game. I'm looking forward to the challenge. When you lose and you have adversity in life, just like anything, it teaches you who you are as a person, the character that you have, how you're going to show up and go back to work. And that's what we're going to do. I love these players. I love this coaching staff. Coach Dayball is one of the best coaches I've ever been with. He keeps it fun. He keeps it, you know, obviously it's still intense. We have to know our jobs and do all the little things right. But he's on us every single day and, and he's the right man for the job. And if we don't go out there and win games, we all will be looking for jobs. Don't get it twisted. Like we want to win more than anybody out there because our livelihood depends on it. So I just want you guys to keep sticking with us. Keep keep pressing for for you know us to, to be better. We will be better. I, I think back to my rookie year. We started out 0-6 with Coach Coughlin. And every day he just said, keep doing the little things right. Keep showing up. Keep being present. Keep fighting. Keep building that foundation. And that's something that I'll always take with me. And I, I've tried to to pass that along to the younger guys. There's no quitting this team. We're going to keep battling. Um, it's not what we want, but we're in New York. We represent New York, and we've been through ups and downs in this city. We're going to keep fighting. we got to go out there and go against Dallas this week, who's you know one of the best teams in the league. It's going to be a it's going to be a fight. You know, I know you're going into a hostile environment, which is you know the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. They're coming off a tough loss as well, so we just got to go out there and battle. We're just going to go out there, be scrappy, be grimy, keep the game close. You know, obviously there's a bunch of different factors there, but that's what our our identity has to become going through, and we're going to find out what we're made of. So, looking forward to that. I thought about man, do I really want to keep doing the podcast? And I don't have anything positive to say, but screw that. We're going out fighting. We're going to go out there and, and, and compete. No one's going to feel bad, like I keep saying. So we got to go out there and, and find a way to get a win and put our best foot forward and continue to do the little things right. And with that, let's close it, let's close it up. It's been an amazing ride so far. We're going to continue to do these episodes. You know, I really want to get to the 500 subscriber mark. I really appreciate Appreciate all the support from friends, family, teammates. I actually am thinking about trying to get another teammate on or someone to you know bring into the what's happening, get some more perspective out there. Maybe we bring a fan on, things like that. What do you guys think about that? Who would you want to see me have on? Who would you want to maybe maybe bring in some Giants fans to talk about it, the games or what, what their perspectives are? Um, tag them below. Subscribe, like, I really try to get to that 500 number, tell a friend to tell a friend, and that's how we're going to grow this family, grow this network, grow the show. Follow us on all social media platforms at Network Show. We'll link up there. I respond to all the comments. Really appreciate you guys. Be nice to one another in the comments too. 
We don't need to be fighting amongst ourselves. We're all in this to head in the same direction. I will see you guys next Wednesday. I appreciate the support. Talk to you soon. I'm really him. Don't believe me. Come and see me. Got three wishes from my genie. Now I'm on your local TV. Y'all don't talk about me. Say she want to come and see me when I'm in a local city. I'm like, pause though. Please step aside so they can see me. And I walk up in this like, yeah, I'm really him. Talking my shit like, I'm really him. Oh God. Walk up in this like. Yeah, I'm really him.